0: Church, we're going to be wrapping up this sermon series that we started at the beginning of November entitled Blessed. And this whole month long what we've been doing is we, we've been looking at things that are very real blessings but different than what most of us think are a blessing. You know, a lot of times when someone says I'm blessed, or they're talking about a new job that they got, or or maybe they're looking at a a brand new home, or or wonderful kids, whatever it might be. Maybe you even say you're blessed because you got the front row seat parking at Walmart when you went shopping there yesterday, but a lot of times we have that that thought process of what blessed is, but today we're going to continue in the sermon series. First, we talked about being blessed with a need, a need for us to have a relationship not only with each other, but with our Heavenly Father, we also talked about being blessed to tell that you are so blessed that God saved you through His Son, Jesus Christ, that you need to go tell people. And last week, we talked about uh, being a blessing to other people. And so today, what we want to do is talk about being blessed with a burden. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8, it says this, "...but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence." They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Church, how many of you have something that's bothering you right now? You came to church today and you got got something that's bothering you. You know what I'm talking about? Something that's making you crazy, something that's really bothering you. You might be like, yeah, preacher, my kids, my kids are bothering me. Or maybe you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? That person in front of me, they can't sing at all. They're making a joyful noise to the Lord, but that bothers me, right? Maybe even today you're sitting here and you're bothered by something drastic going on in your life. I'm talking about something that breaks your heart, church. I'm talking about what is it that is breaking your heart right now? What's breaking your heart? For some of us, it's something that that keeps you awake at night. I'm talking about you're, you're agonizing over it, and, and you pray one moment, and in the next moment, you're trying to figure out what to do. I mean, you're deeply, deeply bothered by it. I like to call that divinely unsettled, that God is really working on you, and, and you're waking up, and, and he's laying something in your mind. And what it does, church, is sometimes it messes with our minds, doesn't it? It messes with it because we don't know what to do. It, it makes you uncomfortable. I mean, it stirs you to the point you want to do something about it. And so this morning, if that's you, church, this sermon's for you. If you agree with anything, I said this sermon is for you right now. And so I want you today to see this, this blessed with a burden. And it's not a curse, it's a blessing from your Heavenly Father. So if you do, if you write things down, I want you to write this down this morning. Is this God has blessed you. With a burden, church. Yes, he has blessed you with, with a burden. See, God has given you a divine burden. And this divine burden, what it does is it reflects his heart. It reflects his character. It reflects his nature. And he's laid that on your mind. You know, some of you, you might remember that, that cartoon Popeye, right? You remember Popeye? He, he had his girlfriend, olive oil, and he thought she was hot. I thought something different about that, okay? Never understood that one. But you know what? There would come a point in in this cartoon where Brutus, he was the the bad guy, right? He would come over and and, and he was trying to to pull olive oil away from Popeye. And and Popeye would put up with it for just a little bit. And and then suddenly he he would have enough. And you remember what he'd say? He said, that's all I can stand and I can't stand no more. He couldn't take it anymore. And he's like basically saying, you know, I'm done. I'm finished I can't stand by, I can't let this happen anymore. And so church, this morning, I pray this morning that God blesses you with such a big burden, every single one of you, such a big burden for something that is wrong or needs attention that God wants to use you to make it right. He wants to use you to make it right. I'm talking surely that this thing is breaking not only your heart, but it breaks the heart of God. And he lays it on you, and you're like, man, it's time for me to do something. It's time for me to do something. Today I want to look at three questions with three biblical stories that might help you define your divine burden. And the very first one is this, and I already asked you this once, what breaks your heart, church? What breaks your heart? What is it that when a certain group of people are hurting or a certain thing that is going on around you where your heart gets heavy and you well up with emotion, what is that for you? You're looking at it and you're saying, man, this isn't right. This isn't right. This isn't the way it should be. There's a great example of it in the Old Testament in Nehemiah. Some of you have heard that, the story of Nehemiah. It's a great story. If you've never heard it, I encourage you to read it. And where you can find it in the Old Testament, this is really cool. It's in Nehemiah. All right? It's in Nehemiah. And Nehemiah found out his people were vulnerable. Nehemiah found out that the people were making fun and ridiculing his people. And that they were also open to attacks because their walls and their city gate were, were broken down. So he asked about it. He, when he asked somebody about it, he said, hey, what's going on? You know, Tell me about what's going on there. And, and this is the report he got back. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. And they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. So Nehemiah asked the question, you know, what's the situation? What's going on? And so he's getting the feedback. The place is in shambles. It's in ruin. And he said, the people are in disgrace. And then check out verse 4. It says this, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So listen, this is what broke Nehemiah's heart. The the walls were in disrepair. It was all ruined and everything was bad. And it says, it didn't just break his heart in a little way. It says, when he heard these things, I sat down and I wept for days. I wept for days and I mourned and I fasted and prayed before the God in heaven. See, church, this news wrecked him. It destroyed him. It broke his heart. You know, it, it wasn't one of those things that a lot of us do, like, hey, you know, that stinks to be them. You know, I'll pray for them, emoji hands, right? It wasn't that. It was like, oh, man, I can't eat. I can't eat. I, I can't sleep. I, I can't stop crying. I have to seek God, and I have to pray. That's, that's what they were saying, I have to pray i have to keep praying because this isn't right this isn't the way things should be see church god blessed him with a burden he blessed him with a burden so who was it that god used to do what others said couldn't be done he used nehemiah everyone else said the wall couldn't be built back Everyone said there was no hope. So God used the one with a burden. And not only did he use him, but God used him to help rebuild the wall in record time. Used him in a mighty way. So church, what breaks your heart? You know, let's bring some things up into not so, you know, not so distant history about Martin Luther King Jr., right? There was something that disturbed him. There was something that broke his heart you know black and white kids they they couldn't go to the same school they couldn't even use the same water fountain they were segregated and God used him church to help change the course of our country do you know what broke his heart how one group of people could treat another group of people so horribly just because of the color of their skin and he said that that's not right and he said his famous quote right I have a dream he had a dream. He, he didn't go down and, and burn down buildings and, and loot businesses. No, he, he did it the right way. God laid a burden on his heart. And somebody had to do something about it. And so he said, Maybe God wants me. So, church, what breaks your heart in that way? Maybe it's poverty. Maybe some of you have stepped outside of your bubble and you recognize around you some people who are poor. I'm talking about people who don't have. I'm not saying someone's got a six-year-old car with 100,000 miles. No, I'm talking about people who don't have. You've actually seen people who are struggling and maybe they don't have food today. Maybe they don't have water and it breaks your heart and you agonize over. Maybe your heart has a burden for unwed mothers. I'm talking about they're trying to raise kids on their own, working two or three jobs just to make it work. Maybe, maybe God has laid a burden on your heart for orphans, those who have lost their parents and, and they need somebody in their life. Church, what breaks your heart? The second one is this. What makes you angry? I'm talking about the right kind of anger, all right, church? Church. We could go all day long about the wrong kind. I, I, I'm not talking about pet peeves either. I'm not talking about pet peeves. There's a lot of, I'm not talking about like when somebody empties the dishwasher and puts all the glasses back in the cupboard and they're not putting them in the right categories and lines. You want know to talk about all the same cups in the same row? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about when someone folds the laundry and they fold the towels the wrong way. They're not using the three-step method, all right? They'll just fold them in half and shove them in the cupboard. I'm not talking about that. There's a pattern here. (laughs) How about when you go to a movie theater, somebody answers their phone and starts talking right in the middle of the movie and and telling their daughter which dress they like the best. How about this one when someone takes a phone call while the preacher's preaching and they got them old man ears, you know what I'm talking about? They They don't realize how loud they're talking? It happened, true story. I'm not talking about pet peeves. I'm talking about what makes you, have, makes you have righteous anger. I'm talking about the right kind of anger, church. What breaks your heart where you're saying, like, I know God's not pleased with this. I know this isn't how it should be. I know it makes God angry; therefore, it makes me angry. You know, church, we see an example of this in Exodus. We do. We see an example of this in Exodus. Moses says the story. Moses goes right. He was born a Hebrew. We know that story very well. He's born a Hebrew, but he was raised by Egyptians. But Moses never forgot his people. He never forgot where he came from. In Exodus chapter two, verse 11, it says this. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. So Moses is out there. He sees this wrong thing happening. He's seeing this going down. And then in verse 12, it says this. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, He killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. For the record, church, I'm not telling you to snap and kill someone. Don't condone that. But what I'm telling you here is Moses had a burden for his people. He did. He had a burden for his people. And so who did God send years later to tell Pharaoh? Moses. Moses. You know, who, who exactly did God use in a mighty way to bring his people to the promised land? It was Moses. Pharaoh, he told him, he said, enough is enough. I'm taking my people and we're going to leave here. So what makes you angry this morning, church? Maybe it's crooked politicians. You say, I can't take it anymore. I want to make a difference. Maybe you should run for office. Maybe it's addictions. You see all these addictions out there and it, it makes you Righteously angry. You know, there's addictions to drugs. There's sexual addictions. You know, someone has to do something about it. Maybe that's someone's you. Maybe God's calling you out in that way. Maybe it's our elderly people, man. There's a lot of elderly people who are being ignored. You know, they don't have anyone to stand in their corner. Somebody has to stand up for them. Somebody has to do something about this. So church, what is it that makes you righteously angry? What is it that makes you sad? And the third thing is this, what do you care about that other people don't care about? What do you care about that other people don't care about? You know, you look at something and say, like, why isn't everyone passionate about this thing like I am? Or don't you see how much this matters? Or why don't you care about this as much as I do? Maybe it's new believers, church. Maybe it's someone who has given their life to Christ. Who's going to disciple them? Who's going who's gonna to lead them along? Who's going to invest in them? Who's going to teach God's word to them? For all you teenagers that are here today, I, I want you to be wrestling with kids that go to your school and don't know Christ like you do. You know, how about for all of us with the street kids? You know what I'm talking about? Who's going to invest in them, Church? Who's going to invest in those kids? Kids who have a lot of potential, but they're literally born with two strikes against them already. Who's going to make that change? Can't we make a difference? Seriously, can't we? Can we make a difference? Can't we help mentor them? Can't we help encourage them, church? Can't we teach them about a productive Christ honor in life? I want you to wrestle with these questions. I want every single one of you, I want you to be wrestling with these questions. So what part of his heart, what part of his character, church, what part of his nature has God put inside of you? Where is it it at, church? I want you to wrestle with these questions. I want you to pray through all of these questions. So what's your blessing What is your blessing? What is your burden? How has God blessed you with a burden in your life? You know, church, I I believe that we're all burdened with something. You might be sitting there trying to take the easy way out right now. Nope, I got no burdens because I don't want any responsibility. I, I believe we're all burdened with something. How has God blessed you? Maybe as you start to identify, maybe as you start to identify that I want you to see it as a blessing. Too many times we see these burdens as as something that that, that we just don't want to have in our life, right? We don't want to have that. We don't want to see it. But I want you to know something, church. God loves you so much. He does. He loves you so much that he's trusting you with something. He's trusting you with something. That's why he's giving you this burden. And in some area, he wants to empower you. He wants to empower you to make a difference in somebody else's life. But you know what, church, with all those burdens, I want to share with you there's, there's a wrong way that a lot of people handle the burdens that God gives us. There's several wrong ways. The first one is this. Most people just complain. I'm talking about it, you're complaining all the time. You're complaining all the time. You know, while, while you whine all day long, it's everybody else's fault. Nobody's doing anything. You know, it's the government's fault. You know, they stink. They ain't doing nothing. You know, it's the school's fault, the educational system. You know, they're not doing anything. It's the church's fault. I had somebody tell me last week, the reason Wells was in the shape that it's in, it's, it's the church's fault because churches only care about this and that, and churches aren't making a difference. When we become complainers, church, and listen, a lot of us are, and I want to respectfully tell you something this morning. Be quiet. Stop complaining, seriously. Stop complaining all the time. Quit complaining and do something about it. Do something about it. One of my favorite things, and I, I shouldn't lie in church, one of my least favorite things, one of my least favorite things it is when someone comes up to the preacher and says, hey, you know what you need to be doing? And then they go into this big, long thing. You need to be doing this, and you need to start this program. You need to start that program. And I'm sitting there just listening taking all the way, and I smile, and I'm real big. I'm like, I think God laid that on your heart, so maybe you should start that. Amen. Ooh, you should see him then. Well, I don't know about that, you know. We pay you. That's what they <laughs> Yeah. But you know what, church? Seriously, quit complaining and do something about it. Another thing people do with the burdens that God gives them is they ignore them. Seriously, they they ignore those burdens. People want to detach from the burden that God gave them. They they kind of want to separate it. You know, I'll ignore it. It's kind of like changing the channel. You know, when something comes on TV, maybe it's starving kids and and things will pop on the TV. And all of a sudden, well, I don't want to see that. So you ignore it. Change the channel. Well, a lot of us, we're always changing the channel in our life, aren't we? God's laying something on your heart. He's showing you a burden, and he's giving it to you, and you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want responsibility. I don't want nothing to do with that. So you change the channel. See, I, I don't want to know because, you know, I function better when I detach. That's what a lot of us do. We function better when we, or we think we function better when we detach. So we have those who complain and those who ignore and The third thing is this: those who appease their burden you appease your burden. you start to feel some responsibility, maybe even a little bit of guilt, and what you do is, so if I do this one little thing, then I'll feel better. If I do that one little thing, then I'll feel better. I can go on with my life. I did something, just something about it, so I can feel better and I can move on. You know what? I, I see something that bothers me so I'll throw $5 at it, and next year I'm going to throw 10 because I'm crazy generous. And then that's going to make me feel better, and I'm extremely generous, so I'll just move on. Now I can go back to my comfortable life, and, and I can just live the way I want to. Church, how many of you recognize it this morning? How many of you recognize that God is blessing you, and he wants to bless you with a burden? He wants to bless you with a burden. So how do we appropriately embrace a blessing I'm talking about a burden from God how do you and I appropriately embrace it the first thing I want to share with you is I'll take a story with you out of Isaiah there's a story in Isaiah and I want to challenge you though to let your burden overwhelm you a little bit I'm talking about being overcome by pain maybe even being emotionally broken by it but we don't like pain do we church so we run from it soon as you start feeling a little bit bad we we want to run from it and so how is this going to happen Church, you know what? When you can't ignore it, you've got to embrace it, right? When you can't ignore it any longer, you have to embrace it. At my house, we have a, a, a bad little habit. I actually think I'm the one that started it, okay? We have a split-level house. If you don't know what that is, you walk in the door, you've got steps going up, steps going down. And so we have this railing at the top steps. And so everybody in the house, what they do is they take their dirty laundry Towels or whatever, and they stand at the top of the steps and they just pitch as hard as they can on the steps, and it flies down the second flight of steps right in front of the laundry room. Now sometimes I can't stand it. I'm, I'm walking every time I walk by, I throw it in the laundry room. And the other day's like I ain't doing it. I'm not. So I go down the steps. There'll be a pile of laundry there. And you know, what I do. I step over it, go about my business. Sometimes I go down the bottom of the steps. I even got to jump over because it it's big. And so one day, actually three days ago, to be honest with you, that's exactly how it was. And I said, I'm not doing nothing. I went to bed. And when I wake up in the morning, usually around 4 a.m., and I try not to turn on lights because it makes my wife crazy. And so I go walking down the steps in the dark, and I stepped on that pile of dirty laundry, and I wiped out (laughs) because I chose to ignore it. Church, you realize when you ignore the burden and the blessing that God gives you, it's usually going to wipe you out. It will because he's given you that burden. He's blessing you with that burden. And too many of us, we want to ignore it. We want to jump over it. And guess what? Sooner or later it's going to catch up to you. So when you can't ignore it, church, you've got to embrace it. When you can't ignore it, you have to embrace it. You have to expose yourself to the things that mess you up, church. Stop changing the channel. Stop changing that channel and embrace yourself. Surround yourself with the people who are affected by these things. Embrace it. You know what? You have to read about it. Church, you've got to study it. You have to expose yourself to it. But here's the thing. Be prepared. I want you to be prepared because you're going to be up at 2 a.m. God's going to wake you up. You're going to be up at 2 a.m. And that burden, you're going to have that burden. And you're going to have to. Just pray about it. You're going to have to just pray about it. You know what my burden is, church? I'll tell you what my burden is. For the past 11 years, you know, I, I've been a preacher for 11 years now, but these past two years, the past two years, I've had a bigger burden for the church than I ever have. I really have. My burden's been huge. You know what I mean? I wake up in the middle of the night, and, and my mind is racing, My mind is racing, and before, you know what I would do is I'd instantly get up, and I would just go downstairs and watch a movie. I'm like, "Ah, that'll put me to sleep. And I would just try to push it aside. But you know what? Now I pray. Now, like, I I write things down because I think God's speaking to me and and I need to write these things down and, and so I'll write it down, I'll send myself a text message, but here's what it is, church. I've got a burden, I really do. I have a burden for the church for us to see what God has for us. Seriously, my burden for the church, for every single one of you, is for you to see what God has for you. To understand that there's so much more, church, than what you're reading on the news. There's so much more to life than your Instagram. There's so much more than your Facebook that I want God to show you. I want you to see it, that that there is so many more things that he has for you than what you're experiencing. That's my burden for you. To understand, church, that we've all got differences of opinion. We shouldn't fight, but you know what? We should be united, church. We should be united under the main thing, and that's Jesus Christ. We are the church. We're the church. We should be united under that thing there. We will always have differences of opinion but we need to be united. I'm talking about people, church, people who are so radically committed to Christ. That's my burden for the church, that you all are so radically committed to Christ that your whole life revolves around him, not that he should be revolving around your life, that your whole life revolves around him. Church, I'm talking about you are serving, you are giving, you are worshiping, you are praying, you are witnesses, witnessing, and you are being Christ in your community and in your jobs. And in your homes. But the sad thing is this most of us, church, we're not being like that. I'm being honest with you today. Most of us, we're not being like that for most people. Church for them is I went. Seriously, I went. Lord, you're so proud of me. I went to church for an hour today. I didn't even pick up my phone and look at it while the preacher was preaching. I'm so proud of myself. I did my duty for the week. I went to church. I went to church. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's how many of us have the attitude that that is what it is to be the church. But let me tell you what. For most of us, when we had that attitude, we become complacent. We're okay with it. You know, it's nice. Somebody sees you out at the church when you go to, to Arby's and, and they look at you like, why are you all dressed up? I went to church. That's right. You bet I did. That's how we look at it. But listen, when I say the church, when I say the church, I'm talking about actively being Christ-like. We are the church. Are we actively being Christ-like? I'm not talking about living a me life. Because a lot of us, we want to live that me life where it's all about me. Life is all about me. It's what I want. It's what I like. It's what I need. I'm talking about God is going to burden you. My prayer for you is God is going to burden you to be the church. It really does. It burdens me. It breaks me. my heart. It honestly keeps me awake at night sometimes. It does. It keeps me awake at night sometimes. But I've learned not to ignore that wake-up call. But I'm learning to pray through it. And here's the wild part. Sometimes I fall asleep while I'm praying. That means God gave me some peace doesn't mean I'm a bad preacher. It doesn't mean I'm a bad Christian. It means God gave me some peace. So I finally fell back to sleep. And listen, I'm praying that God gives you a burden this morning. You know what? Most people, their goal in a Christian life, and I've heard it said, man, I've heard it stated before, most people, their goal of a Christian life is to live a burdened, free life. I'm a Christian now. I've accepted Jesus Christ. I gave him all my garbage. He took the trash out for me. Wash me white as snow. So now my life should be burden free. That is not true. You know what we want in a Christian life? We want to be blessed, don't we? We don't want to hurt. We don't want to have any problems. We don't want to deal with challenging people. Keep them away from me. I don't want to be connected in relationships. I don't want to have accountability. I don't like it when anybody holds me accountable. I don't want to give. I want to have more. I want to have more. I can't afford to give. I don't want to be bothered. I want to live a burden-free life. That's why I became a Christian. That's a lot of people's attitude. But I want you to know something, church, that goes completely against what a Christ follower is. Polar opposite. It is polar opposite of what a Christ follower is. So now that I'm done with my rant, let me take you back to Isaiah, if you'll turn there with me. Isaiah chapter 6. And we're going to look here. See, King Uzziah has died, and all the people are freaking out. They're panicking, they're freaking out. And Isaiah, what he does is he starts seeking God. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, it says this Then I said, It's all over. I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of the heavens army. So he's panicking. He's thinking, It's all over. We're doomed. There's nothing good left. See his burden though moved into action. His burden moved into action because God wants us to be moved to action. When he burdens us, he wants you to be moved to action. And let God move you to action. And that means do something. But Isaiah chapter 6, check out verse 8. When this guy flip flops really fast, doesn't he? He says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am. Send me. He had his moment, church. He had his moment that it's all over. There's no hope. Nothing good's going to come out of this. And then God placed that burden on him. And the Lord asked, whom shall I send? And Isaiah's response is, here I am. Send me. Church, I believe with all my heart this morning that God is calling all of us out. I'm talking about he's calling you out to where you're looking at it like my life is not my own anymore. You know, Lord, pick me. My life is not mine anymore. It's all yours. So I want you to choose me now that we know, church, as Christians, now that we know what we know. Now that we have seen what we have seen, man, I'm talking, God is doing some wild stuff, isn't he? He really is. Pay attention. He's doing some pretty wild things. We can't do what we used to do, can we? We we can't afford that. We can't afford to just ignore it. We can't afford to just push it away. We have to do now what God has called us to do. And church, we gotta do something. So as I get ready to wrap this service up and I call the praise team up here, I want you to know this morning I've got a prayer for all you guys. My prayer for you this morning is that may God bless you with a discomfort for easy answers. Because we just want the easy ones, right? It's less responsibility. May God bless you with a discomfort for easy answers. May God bless you with a discomfort for half-truths. May God bless you with a discomfort for superficial relationships. May God bless you with a discomfort of having a shallow heart. Because you know what? God's purpose for you is to live deep down in that heart he gave you. I'm talking deep in it. And too many of us, you know what we're doing? We're just, we're riding the top of it. I'm talking about, may God bless you. May he bless you with tears to shed for those who are suffering in pain. May he bless you with with tears for those who are suffering with rejection. May he bless you with tears. For those who are suffering with starvation whether it's physical or relational because there's a lot of relational starvation going on out there yeah. may god bless you with enough of a, a wild idea for you to know that you can make a difference in this world if you change one life do you realize the difference that you've made just one So may you do what others claim can't be done this morning, church. I heard many years ago about this church right here. Somebody told me one time, they said it can't be done anymore. I'm like, I don't believe that. Wish I'd do. was allowed to see it now. (laughs) But may God bless you with a burden to represent his son, Jesus Christ, in a good way and to make a difference in this world. For some of you today, my prayer is that God will bless you with a burden that ruins you. I'm talking about ruin the life that you're living now. I'm talking about that he will wipe out, that you no longer have a desire to live your life outside of him, that you no longer have a desire because of the burden that he has placed in front of you that you no longer have a desire to live a life absent of Jesus Christ. This morning, if you're sitting here and you do not know Jesus personally, I will believe with all my heart, he is laying a heavy burden on you right now, saying that I've got to do something. But too many times the enemy, you know what he does to you at this moment? He tells you like, oh, you don't want to walk down there. It's scary. People are going to look at you, and they're going to wonder what you did. Doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is calling you out and saying, you know what, you need to make a change in your life. It's time for you to do that. So if there's anybody here today who does not know Jesus Christ personally, I want to encourage you to come down front. Kim, the elders will be down here, they'll pray. You don't have to know the Bible from the beginning to the end to accept Jesus Christ. You grow into it. All you have to know is that I no longer want to live my life separate of Him. So if that is for you, I want to encourage you to come down here. And for the rest of you Christians here today, for those of you who maybe accepted Jesus a long time ago, but you know what? You're pushing your burdens aside. I'm talking about you're ignoring them. I'm talking about you, you're, you're not owning them. When he lays it heavy on you, you hurry up and try to shove it away because I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be involved. I want to encourage you to look at those burdens as a blessing. That God wants to use you. Do you understand it's a privilege to be used by the creator of the universe? It's a privilege. So if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you. Maybe you just need someone to pray over you because you lost your way. Maybe you need to come back to your first love. You too. You come down front. We'll pray for you. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing.